Welcome everyone to the Kingdom REI podcast. This is your host, Ellis Hammond, founder of the Kingdom REI Mastermind. And this is the podcast show to really help you as a faith-driven, kingdom-minded entrepreneur, investor, business leader, learn how to really advance God's kingdom, both through your life and your business, and have a very special guest with us today. Just a list of things that she's accomplished um, and, and really kind of maybe at the the, the second half of life too in, in, in a lot of these things, which I'm really excited to get into, but a, a mother, an entrepreneur, an author, uh, she has experience in the commercial real estate world and the uh, the agency side as well. And so a really talented guest, another podcast host, uh, Karen Briscoe, welcome to the show. Well, I'm delighted and honored to be talking with your Kingdom Capitalist community because I think that there's a lot of um, that God has called us that we can do in the business world in furthering the faith. So yeah. I'm glad to be a guest. So we got, we got a lot, we were just kind of talking off, off show here and a lot to get into. Um, so let me just do this. If you don't mind, let me just pray for us and open up this time and then let's Please. just jump in. Cause I know we got a, a lot of really good things. So God, we give you thanks for today. Thanks for caring. Thanks for uh, just her testimony in her life and, and the work that she's doing, helping so many. I pray that it would be a blessing to our audience today. Uh, and helping us uh, just see that there's so much opportunity out there, God, if we're really, really w uh, willing to um, open up our time and our minds to serve you. And we pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So you, you caught my attention with something, and I want to start there today because you said, you know, one of the things you're really passionate about talking about right now is that it's never too late to get started. So why is that such an important issue or topic for you to bring up on a show like this well as relating a, to your story i guess relating to say. my story yeah. uh so i was uh born and raised and went to college in you know the early feminist <laughs> era where if you went to college you were supposed to uh have a career and my husband's career um and i did have a great career uh before I married and had children. I was in, in commercial real estate in Dallas, worked for the Trammell Crow companies and went with a startup and back before we called it startups. And uh, <laughs> so it was, it was really um, rewarding, exciting uh, with my husband's. Uh, then I also pursued seminary. A lot of people said that I should be a minister. Uh, what happened down that avenue was um, my I went to work in my local church and found out that much of the conversations were uh, situated around audiovisual equipment. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if we're going to negotiate, let's, I want to negotiate for, you know, something. Um, I, I felt like I had a lot of skills in the uh, business arena. Um, and so I've been in, in the lay ministry end of, of um, instead of the professional ministry. But what happened was my husband's career required a lot of travel, required, we ended up moving from the Dallas area to the DC metro area, the Northern Virginia area, and with his schedule. And also, I actually wanted to be home with my children, and not because I felt like it was my calling or skill set, but because my mother worked and I felt like that was something I wanted to give to my children. I wanted to uh, be there for those moments. But at the same time, I, I knew that my... Um, my true passions lie, it lay in the business side. I heard a lot of stories that, you know, you're giving up your career, you know, you're going to miss opportunities, all that. Um, and I probably listened to them more than I should. And I, I realized I, I um, 
even though I was present, I wasn't always present because I was always waiting until they reached a point where I felt like I could go back into right. the workforce. Um, but I pretty much worked, you know, what I would call part-time kind of mom jobs and was mostly home with the children. And then when our, they reached kind of that middle school, high school age, I started back into actually commercial real estate, went to work for the Starbucks company and had the Nextel account. And it was a sales and engineering warehouse offices, which if you've been in one, you've been in a lot of, it was pretty routine and boring. And, and it was during the tech bust. And uh, it, I realized that I wanted to be home more than I was. It was interesting when I didn't have it anymore. I think people, this often happens. And I think this has happened with people in COVID. I think when you try something and you find out it wasn't everything you thought it was going to be and you get to right. the other side and you go, wow, I really like being at home. But I had an opportunity to get into residential real estate and met with success really quickly, I think for several reasons. One, I really did see it as a passion in ministry because people's homes is often their largest asset, but it's also which benefited me having the commercial side, what they call the hard side, having the the negotiation skills, the uh, market knowledge, the strategy, but I had a lot of soft skills, right, from the ministry side, because I really did care about people, and I wanted to help them with their, uh, a lot of times people are going through a transition when they're moving, almost always it's related to some other life event, <laughs> if you think about it, I mean, you know, people buy and sell when they have children, or when the children leave home, or sadly, you know, times of death or divorce, or right. Uh, other life events. So I became successful pretty quickly. And yet was still predominantly the primary caregiver for our kids, even though my husband was very involved father. Um, didn't start working full time until 2006 when our son left for college. So what I've achieved, as you mentioned in the second half of life, I feel like I'm more than achieved. <laughs> if I, this is where I, I want to share a message with your community. Um, that I feel like, first of all, you can start at any time. I think, mm. you know, the, the, some of the th stories we tell ourselves or that we hear from the world um, often cause us to make decisions to do that we later regret. And so the one thing that I would encourage people is, is, you know, if you're led to do something, and we as faith-based people believe that, you know, it's a calling from God that, uh, you know, there's, there's enough time, Right. right. Um, and we can talk about time because I kind of become a time expert over the last few years since I wrote a book about time, several books about time. But I really, it, the, the one thing that came out of that period of my, several things came, but one thing was the, what I did during those years, you really, you don't get those back, right? There's plenty of opportunity to sell real estate. Mm -hmm. And so I feel uh, led to, to share that message with people, um, particularly women, sometimes they, they struggle with this. Yeah, and just so everyone knows, I mean, one of the top, you know, recognize one of the top 250 realtor teams in the U.S. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you've been, you've spoke on several stages. You've already now, I think, two books. Was that three books? Three yeah. books, um, a podcast. You're at 300 episodes almost. Like, you know, that's pretty amazing. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I, you know, congratulations on your success and, and not listening to that message because I, I mean, it's so crazy. I, I think, you know, one of my biggest, barriers from missionary to investor was not necessarily the the pushback I got from others. It was just the mental barrier of like, 
is this okay? Can I do this? You know, like, and so I just think that is, um, that's another one too, for people as well. Like, is it too late? Can I really do this? Is there still time? And so if the Lord still got you here, I think so. Right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, you know, and, and I look back and I, I see the, you know, the decades of my life and I see, you know, what I, the lessons I learned, you know, the, the relationships that I, I made and the investments I made in, in people and, um, you know, ministry and opportunities. And I really don't have any regrets. And there, there is a book, the five regrets of the dying. And, one of the top regrets is the regret of not doing the things you were called or meant to do. So the one thing that I really strive to do now is to be where I am right now, right? Uh, There is this yearning, right, to grow and become better than we are before to, you know, as Wesley said, you know, we're on the road to perfection. So there's, there's always that, that yearning, that desire to achieve more, be more, um, but there, but there should also be this, you know, thankfulness and gratitude and appreciation for what you are right now and to be where you are right now instead of. Well, let's talk about that because you wrote a book on this, Flip yes. Time, Love <laughs> Life. You said you really become a master over time. Tell us, I mean, what's come out of that? Like, what's the premise of that? What's really, you know, what, what do you really want your audience to really learn from, from what you wrote there? So the first book was Real Estate Success in Five Minutes a Day because becoming successful in real estate arena, as you mentioned, you know, sold over 1,500 homes. We average 100 million every year uh, in a very sophisticated marketplace and have a sophisticated clientele. The, what I found was many people wanted to know how I did it. So they asked and I kept saying, well, you know, you should invest in your personal and your business development. And so many people said they didn't have enough time. And so I said, well, do you have five minutes a day? And everybody did. And it's Parkinson's law is actually what is coming into play here. Why the five minutes a day? Uh, because limiting and restricting time can actually make us more effective and efficient. Mm. Uh, oftentimes people look at something and they go, they become overwhelmed. It's a tsunami-like. So the book I wrote is actually like a, devotional for real estate. Um, And it applies to a lot of other entrepreneurial, uh, I find a lot of entrepreneurs see value in it. And so it's a daily reader. So every day you invest five minutes a day, just as if you were doing a biblical devotional or or faith-based devotional. Because it's only so much per day, you're going to be more likely to remember it and recall it. It'll more likely to impact your, your life. Um, in business. And so that led to a lot of conversations with people about time. When I, before I wrote the book, I had a lot of limiting beliefs about time. Uh, the first one, or the main one, most people have, myself included, is there's, there's not enough of it. I don't have enough time to do what I say I want to do. And time is a, is a human construct. Uh, Lazu said, time is a created thing. To say I don't have time is like saying I don't want to. Mm. And so what is stopping people from doing things, what was stopping me from doing what I said I wanted to do, it's really not time. It's me. So what is stopping me? So evaluating that. Uh, For me, it was a worthiness thing. I didn't feel like I investing in myself was, was, I was supposed to take care of everybody else's needs. I think that is, uh, you know, a common theme with a lot of 
people that are caretaker, you know, ministry types, they want to take care of everybody else instead of themselves. Um, so that was what it was for me. What I, the way I came to the flip time love life actually came out of uh, TEDx open mic talk. And that was what happens with many people and myself included, you may remember the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So this mm -hmm. is kind of the secular world looking of it, at it. So the basic human needs are physical. Uh, this came really obvious during early days of COVID. What did we all in search of was toilet paper, right? We were in search of meeting our physical needs. And then there's this safety security needs. Um, and there's a lot of that as well that came out of COVID. People are really, that's why uh, safe at home, you know, shelter at home, people felt safe at home when they were um, in an, at a, a space that they could control or felt physically safe. Uh, then you have your relationship needs, your esteem needs, then self-actualization. What happens with a lot of people is that they put off the self-actualization and, you know, in a, a faith-based perspective, that would be, you know, what God's calling. If you are like <laughs> Jonah and just constantly saying, no, God, not me, not now, or whatever, you know, at some point you may run out of time, right? And it happens for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people say, I'll do it when the kids are out of college, or I'll do it mm -hmm. when the kids are out of diapers, or I'll do it when I retire, or I'll do it when the mortgage is paid off, or whatever it is, it's your safety, security thing that makes you then feel like you can do it that holds a lot of people back. So the idea that I came to is what if you flip it and you start with self-actualization? What if you start with your calling? Because if you start there, then first of all, you will be, you know, obviously in tune with the God of the universe. So what's better than that? But also you will be authentic to yourself because I think a lot of people um, regrets and, and relationship challenges and, life um, is because they're not living the, the life they were designed to live. They're living what somebody else thinks they should do or. Um, so give me an example of this or someone you've seen who's really flipped this and has really begun to experience change. Someone that maybe you can give an example of this. Oh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm a perfect example. I mean, and all this happened when I turned like 58, I was living a very, and the thing is, it's amazing is that I was living a really good life. I was mm -hmm. living what a lot of people would say, wow, you already have achieved it all. Like, I mean, a high achieving real estate agent, uh, married to my husband over three decades of two children who were, who were raised and, and launched. And, and yet I still felt like there was something more that I was really good at the productive things and really good at the, the lower level needs, but I wasn't, I wasn't pursuing the, the passion or the calling. Right or the creativity right. or contribution. And so sometimes people, myself included, I, I did that out of uh, a lack of worthiness. And I felt like I, I needed to keep producing in order to justify my- <laughs> But how do you just flip it though? Like, I, I mean, I love, it? like, ah. how do you flip it? Because wow. it's Real so, life. right? I mean, that's how do you, that, because it, we're there, we're stuck there. Yes. And I get it like, man, if we could, but, but how do we flip it? Well, so this is where some of the strategies that I found uh, start small and build up um, because a lot of times people want to change everything at once and then it, you know, they often uh, backfires or, you know, 
but if you start, what I did was I started small. So the, the first thing for me was this creative endeavor of writing a book. And I had this limiting belief I didn't have enough time and that I wasn't worthy to invest the time into doing something that was creative that I wanted to do. Mm. And so I, I actually uh, used a time hack to do that. Anybody can use this time hack, but the way the one I used is related to daylight savings time in the fall where the, the daylight uh, savings time, you gain an hour in the morning. And I use that hour in the morning to write uh, self-processed non-morning person, <laughs> uh, but I've I changed my script. I was like, okay, well, I have to do something different because if I keep doing this, uh, then I'm living an you know the wow life. That is so key right there to think like if you want to change something, but you're not willing to change what you do on a regular basis. Like we're such creatures of habit, and if you and if you're not getting the results you want and nothing, and you're not doing anything to change your rhythm or routine, why would you expect anything to change in your life? Well, that's absolutely, you know, the definition of insanity or stupidity or whatever. Um, and, and I called myself on it, you know, yeah. I was like, I, I'm self-employed. I have a husband who loves me. I mean, if, if I can't do this, uh, then it's, it's me, right? That was what was, and, but I found that empowering. Because up until that point, I was looking at the world, my schedule, my clients, my husband, my, my lack of time for why I wasn't doing it. When I realized I could do something about it to change it, then I found that empowering because I realized I can choose to change me mm -hmm. and I can choose to put myself in alignment with what I say I want to do. When I started, I started small and then I built up. What happens, people start to experience the benefits of it. And as you experience the benefits of it, then you'll want to do more. And also the people around you, if, if, what I've seen is they will start to experience the benefits of it and they'll want you to do more, right? I mean, because they're going to see that you're happier, living more authentic and more tuned to yourself. That Again, back to the pyramid. So you flip it to have better relationships. You flip it to have better self-esteem. You flip it to be more productive, whatever that means for you to meet your safety, security. What is really truly safety and security? I mean, if you think about it, because, and I think that a lot of people are, have been through this this year. I mean, a lot of things have been flipped on their head, right? So what is truly safety and security mean for you? And then your physical needs. Um, the, the other thing about putting uh, into place, you talked about habit, a morning routine is really a key mm. aspect I found as well mm -hmm. um, in, in terms of building the habit of self-care. Uh, and it, I look at it as, you know, some people talk about self-care as being this, you know, survival, like, you know, you're on an airplane and the oxygen masks drop and, and if you're on an airplane, the oxygen mask drop, you should put yours on first and help other people as they tell you. But if you look at life that way, you're looking at it as a survival perspective. And I'm looking at it, and I believe how God is looking at it is right, is a thrival. Like how will you thrive in your life? How can you best, um, because what I found is, is that when I, I actually have more than to give and contribute when I'm operating at my highest and best self. Mm.
I love that. I, and I, love, I, I love that idea of thriving and not just, and part of that is you do have to figure out what is that self-care piece. And a lot of that goes to, well, you just need to switch some things up. Let me, ask, let me, let me take it a different direction. Cause I want to ask you this. Cause you now have a podcast show of over, I mean, you're almost at 300 episodes, right? And you, you interview a lot of folks. Um, what has, what have you seen in 2020 from those of you have interviewed who are really experiencing success that has, in a year where a lot of people have just given up or said, man, this is the word, you know, people just want to eliminate 2020, but there are a lot of people who are still experiencing really great success. What, what has been, have you seen things that have really stood out um, to you that, that maybe brings those, that group of people together that has given them the success this year, even with all of the barriers and hardships and, you know, maybe even potential failures. What, what are the things that stick out to you in, on your podcast since you interview so many people? Well, in our world or arena in residential real estate, we're having our best year ever. I think that that's because back to the save at home, secure at home, um, the sanctuary, people are recognizing what is for them the most important, right? Is that uh, creating that that place where they can uh, live, work and play and school and, and everything. And so we've found our business to be really strong. Uh, what we've done in, in response to COVID is to recognize that this is one of these, again, life events. Um, I don't know how, how many more of these we'll have like this. I mean, I look right. back on my life of 60 plus years and I mean, 9-11 was one of those. I mean, we've had other financial and economic impacts to our world and and nation but this is probably one of the the biggest and so the people that i found that uh first of all are you know in in um talked about the self-care their their first you know caring well for themselves they didn't stop the 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 routine they're uh they they you know, I know there is something to comfort food and <laughs> baked goods and everything, but uh, they recognized that uh, that they needed to, to take care of themselves and recognize then that there's a lot of need out there mm-hmm. and finding out how to serve that need um, in, you know, different professions and, are, and industries are finding their own way to do that. But I find that the connecting with people to people uh, there's always going to be a need for that and an opportunity for that. Um, you know, it, it's, I've always looked at my profession as a ministry mm. uh, from the very beginning. It, it really, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I have more impact on people's lives than if I had gone into the professional ministry. I mean, people uh, come to us in both times of joy, which can be challenging, <laughs> but in times of know as situations that are um in life events that uh cause people to um you know need a, a lot of uh, empathy and compassion and yeah and uh and and yet still in a, in a smart way um they want advisors that can help them through situations that they are in um and so i i found that to be what i've seen in the guests I've had on the podcast, but just through other crises, because I, I would, this is, I think my fifth recession. <laughs> wow. uh, it, I don't know whether we're going to still 
categorize this as a recession, but it certainly had a huge economic impact sure. um, for a lot of people. So uh, I've seen that through, through other times as well. What do you, I'm curious just because of your experience, you know, you talk about opportunity um, being in the world of real estate, just what opportunities do you see as it at, from, a, from maybe from an investor or from an entrepreneur? You said you're having one of your best years right now. I mean, I, I you know, with, in, with interest rates going to be low for the next three years. I mean, what, what are the opportunities that you're excited about in the real estate industry that maybe as a entrepreneur or capitalist that you're kind of looking forward to, or maybe even trying to uh, take advantage of? Well, a, there's lots of opportunities in uh, real estate and, and as a capitalist. The, the way I look at how to project into the future is, is I, I like the Wayne Gretzky quote, you know, to skate to where the puck is going. <laughs> so you talk about three years out. So a similar, the most similar life event is the 9-11 event because 9-11 also really struck people in their safety security needs. And what happened after 9-11? So we had a buildup of Homeland Security. So we might see a buildup of security in the health and safety spaces. I'm in the Northern Virginia, Washington, DC metro region. I anticipate there'll be safety on travel, uh, health, you know, in terms of health and then safety in terms of, uh, you know, workplace safety, safety in terms of the, you know, the whole health uh, arena. So I think there could be opportunity there. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity in, in reimagining all the different things that, that people do on a frequent basis. My son is a, is a shopping center developer and, you know, people like look at him and go, oh my gosh, your, your business is, is not good and he goes that's not true hmm. uh there are some that are struggling you know the dry cleaners you know some of these trends though were happening anyhow right i mean as soon as lululemon came out with those pants <laughs> look like those pants i mean men quit taking their pants to the dry cleaners so i mean so were did really covid cause dry cleaners to go out of business or was it a trend that was that they weren't paying attention to where the puck was going and watching that trend right interesting yeah so you could say that about other industries i mean they're you know the travel industry and the um uh you know the, the restaurant industry is going to reinvent themselves this is an this is an opportunity right you can see it the where are the opportunities going to be because uh there will be a lot of opportunity, but it's going to require people to look at, you know, things in a new way, change mm -hmm. the way to look at it, to see how, um, and these trends, as you mentioned, really interest rates, but I would say this is going to be pretty true for the next few years because people have very uh, long-term memory on things that go to their safety and security. It was at least a three-year to four-year trend after 9-11. That's really, really interesting, really fascinating to you compare those two, but I see that and you're totally right. I mean, there's definitely opportunities because people are scared or they want to, you know what I mean? Or to think about like, hey, we're not, we want to be closer to family. Yes, um, that is a huge trend, um, multi-generational housing. Um, but on the commercial space, you know, there's a, there's a opportunity in, you know, the industrial space of, 
of you know storage of of um, you know the the Amazon you know just in time delivery to right. uh, there's more need for cloud storage there's right. uh, more need for um, you know the the thing that I think is going to be impacted over the next few years is is inner city uh, you know the we, the market had been going in the direction of the walkability, the live, you know, work, play all in the same place. And I do think that's going to be impacted for quite some time. Mm -hmm. uh, some of those spaces will need to be reimagined. Right. Right. Karen, we're, we're um, just for our audience to continue to follow your journey. You said you wrote the Devo on real estate. I got to go, I got to go find that. So where is the best place for people just to continue to follow your journey or even kind of take advantage of some of these resources that you have out there for, for other entrepreneurs and, and people in real estate? Of course. So uh, the, the creative endeavors are all under the number five minute success. And that is the books, real estate success in five minutes a day and commit to get leads 66 day challenge and flip time love life all the books are on amazon the podcast which is also the number five minute success you can find that anywhere you you get podcasts in the uh, real estate space uh, my my team name is the hbc group huckabee briscoe conroy group uh, with keller williams in mclean virginia and usually, though, you can just Google me and I take up most of the first page. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will definitely link your website and even the podcast on our show notes so people can uh, just continue to follow along your journey as well. I, I'm, I, I, loved, I loved just hearing your story. I love your passion for what you're doing, especially, you know, you see your role as, a, as, an, as an agent, as a broker, as ministry. I mean, it's totally why we love the world of multifamily because when we acquire properties we're not just acquiring units like so many people count we're acquiring homes we're acquiring homes communities and families yeah. and so it really is a beautiful industry to not just do well and financially but also make a huge impact so thanks for that shared vision there and just best of luck and wishes to you and your team well, I appreciate the opportunity of sharing with your community too, Alice. All right, absolutely. Everyone, thanks so much for your time. Make sure you check out our website, thekingdomrei.com if you want to learn more about our community and uh, give us a five-star review if you enjoy this podcast. Cheers, everyone.